Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the upcoming championship weekend games across the NFL. In this episode, we'll cover your regular weekly picks, Maddie and Andy's total tees, and uh, we're also going to get to your news of the week. But first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy, the prognosticator Attridge. How's it going, bud? Well, my 49ers are in the NFC Championship game for the first time in what seems like decades, but uh, I guess it's only been seven years. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, and not only that, we uh, we did pretty well at the Wicked last week. Winner, Gagnon. Like we covered on the 49ers game. Yep. And I guess I was on this this 49ers high after they had won so decisively that uh, Maddie talked me into taking the Titans on the money line. So I did, and there was a reason that I didn't pick it on the show last week, but I picked it pretty close to game time. And this is what happened last week. I wasn't sure. I thought I definitely thought we like I picked the Titans as did you, I believe. Uh, oh, yeah. I done spread you know, with sure. the points. But uh, I saw a picture of Derrick Henry rolling into the stadium in that white suit. Oh, the white suit. Yeah. Looking super boss. And that was sometime just after halftime of the game I was watching. And I was like, you know what, man? This guy, these guys are going to win this game. Look at this guy. What was it? Well, Bucks I, paid saw, 95? I, du- I doubled up on my 49ers bets when I saw the, uh, Joe Montana and Jerry Rice on the sidelines cheering the guys on. I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is this is going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, long, you took right? the Chiefs. I did not, um, yep. <laughs> which I thought was, I thought I was on the right side of that for, you know, for a whole quarter. For a, well, even, yeah, for a whole quarter. That's about as long as that lasted. What a, what a weird game, man. Yeah, I've uh, I've been watching football a long time, almost four decades, and I got to tell you, I don't think I've ever seen a game that wild. No, it was. I mean, uh, for twenty four points is the most that the Texans have ever scored uh, in the first quarter in the history of the franchise. Um, obviously, one of the biggest comebacks in playoff history. But you know, it's not even like it came down to a field goal at the end. They won by twenty points. Yeah, that was that was absolutely incredible. And Houston's defense, wow. I can't believe they just folded up and went home after that. I mean, well, let's let's give credit where credit is due. Um Bill O'Brien sucks as a coach. Oh, like, why horrible. would you go for a fake punt when you're up 24 to 7? Yeah, and then opt to kick the field goal. Yeah, when they have momentum. Well, I, I don't mind. I didn't mind that because that at the time put them up four scores, and I thought you know fourth and one that was because what the, the worst thing that could have happened is that they got stuffed on fourth and one, and that would have been a momentum shift. So instead of being up three scores, you go up four. I get that, but the, the fake punt, like why? Yeah, <laughs> and that was the momentum changer. And just and, defensively, they couldn't keep up with the Chiefs at all. No, and uh, we're going to be talking about that a little bit. This week. Uh, we, we also did cover on our teaser of Tennessee and Seattle. Yeah, we did. Yeah, the yeah. only thing I got wrong last week was my pick on the uh, – I went over on the, the Vikings and Packers game, 40. and it was under by, what, six points? 
Jones. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. I even, uh, I even teased that one down and I was, uh, I was a point away from getting it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of but Hey, these things happen. Yeah, most definitely. It's kind of sad, man, that uh, there's only two games to talk about this week. I always kind of get bummed out toward the end of football season. Well, then I thought then in two weeks that there's going to be no more football. I know, but we get we get the Pro Bowl in the middle, right? Oh yay, the Pro Bowl in Orlando, Florida! Yay! Yeah, <laughs> nobody likes. I I honestly think football is one of those sports where they should just name the All Star team, like who makes the Pro Bowl, and then no, but you remember like, back and, and have it be they, honorable, right? Like just all right, but when they used to have it after the Super Bowl. You know, there was still a lot of guys that played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but there was a lot of guys that, or a lot of people didn't watch it. And that's why they've tried to move it the week before the Super Bowl. Yeah, but then you get none of the best players in there. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I don't think you do either. I think you literally just name your Pro Bowl team. And it's like an, you know, it's honorary. You don't have to play a game. It's just you're named on that. Because, I mean, they still want the Pro Bowl nods. The players do because when they're negotiating for contract, if they're a three- or four-time Pro Bowler. Oh, for sure. I mean, that definitely ups but their value. Let me ask you this, Maddie. How is it that uh, Orlando gets the Pro Bowl and then a week later Miami gets the Super Bowl? Um, doesn't seem right, but anyway, that's Florida for you. Yeah. All you need is a meth lab, and you've got all of Florida encapsulated in one area. Nice. All right. Should we get to our news of the week? I think we should. With the firing of Freddie Kitchens this year, we're suddenly reminded that the Cleveland Browns are a reservoir of Hall of Fame coaches. It wasn't really that long ago when a young Bill Cower and Bill Belichick strolled the sidelines in Cleveland during games. Maddie, does this mean that Freddie Kitchens will land somewhere else this year and go on to have a Hall of Fame career? At this point, the only place that will probably hire Freddie Kitchens is some Division Three school like Mississippi Ass Scratcher Tech. That'll be as a consultant. And Will's consulting on nutrition. His seminars will consist of juicer commercials and Wilford Brimley diabetes spots. I'm Wilford Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. Actually, about... I, uh, diabetes and, uh, uh, you know, uh, diabetes. The state medical board of Ohio is going to consider a petition that would make being a Bengals or Browns fan an official medical marijuana condition in the Buckeye state. Basically, if the petition were approved, then being a Bengals or Browns fan would be considered qualifying medical condition. That's like a, Alzheimer's, cancer, Crohn's disease, glaucoma, hep C. These are all conditions that allow marijuana use in the state. And according to industry numbers, sales of Baker Mayfield jerseys have skyrocketed in the neighboring states of Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Kentucky, and Indiana. Why didn't you tell me we into this shit, man? We could have been hanging out months ago. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the uh, Food and Drug Administration are having us do a study to determine what, uh, if any, are the uh, medicinal purposes of uh, marijuana. Mm. Wow. Well, if you ever need a guinea pig, let me know, you know. Thank you, Janitor, and enjoy. <laughs> Thank you, scientists. Got any papers? Prince Harry and Meghan Markle announced this week that, nah, we're just messing with you. We'd never bring attention to something so frivolous. Well, maybe if Harry was doing lines off Meghan's ass while a clown rode around them on a unicycle while playing the Star Wars theme on the bagpipes while they were on fire, maybe we'd bring it to your attention. 
Maddie, that is newsworthy. Just like Meghan Markle's ass. She got a great ass! A womanizing tortoise whose rampant sex life may have single-handedly saved his entire species from extinction has retired from his playboy lifestyle, returning to the wild with his mission accomplished. Diego's unstoppable libido was credited as a major reason for the survival of his fellow giant tortoises on the Galapagos Islands after being shipped over from San Diego Zoo as part of a breeding program. When he started his campaign of promiscuity, there were just two males and 12 females of his species alive on the island. But the desirable shell dweller had so much sex, he helped boost the population to over 2,000. The Galapagos National Park Service believed that the 100-year-old tortoise is the patriarch of around 40% of that population. Apparently, the tortoise has since been renamed Macho Moscow Mitch McConnell. Teenage fucking old ass turtle. <laughs> Mitch McConnell. <laughs> cowards in a half shell. And once again, Antonio Brown is back in the news. And once again, it's for all the wrong reasons. Call me Mr. Bitches. Earlier this week, Brown posted a disturbing video on his Instagram page showing the police escorting his ex-wife and children off his property while he launched into a profanity-laced tirade. The fuck out of here. Fucking police can't have now. You fucking bitch-ass law. Get the fuck out of here, you fucking pussies. He was accusing his ex-wife of attempting to steal a car that, according to a previous Instagram post, he had gifted her. He also threw a bag of gummy dicks at the police saying, Bag of dicks for the dicks. You know, this brings a couple thoughts to mind. First of all, you really do have to wonder about the state of Antonio Brown's brain and whether or not that hit by Vontez Perfect ended his sanity because this cat is crazier than a tin shithouse rat. You're a crazy person. Secondly, how is it that this guy has a bag of gummy dicks just lying around his house? That does not make sense. Lastly, and most importantly, considering his choice in candy, maybe he really was a good fit for the Patriots. I've handled dozens of balls over the past week. Alright, our first game on Sunday afternoon is the AFC Championship game. And uh, we're talking Kansas City playing host to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the spread right now is seven points for KC. Over under is 53. If it's anything like last week, this game could end up getting that by the first half. Um, Tennessee, this is interesting. They are the third team since the merger to defeat the number one scoring defense, which was New England and the number one scoring offense, Baltimore, last week in the same postseason, okay? And both previous teams that did it went to the Super Bowl. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, we can't we can't talk about this game without first talking about the rush. And Kansas City was 26th against the rush this year in allowing opposing offenses almost 130 yards per game on the ground. Now, conversely, Tennessee, second in the league in rushing the ball at 147 yards per game over the course of the whole season. But if you actually separate just the last three games out, they're number one in the league at 221 yards per game on the ground. Thank you, Derrick Henry. Um, and that's what it's going to come down to, the trenches. I think 
I just don't know what sort of solution Andy Reid is going to come up for Derrick Henry. Um, I maybe maybe they throw nine guys in the box. I don't know. Like I don't know how you, you, you just. Tannehill Tannehill was one of the top three quarterbacks against man coverage on the blitz this year. Yeah, and he so if well, you rush Derrick Henry, he's yeah. gonna he's gonna exploit you. Like he he's proved this year that he can play quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, last last time these two teams did meet, Tennessee won thirty five thirty two at home, and Mahomes passed for four hundred and forty six yards. Hill had one hundred and fifty seven yards receiving. Williams rushed for seventy seven yards, and Tannehill only passed for one hundred and eighty one, but Henry rushed for one hundred and eighty eight. Yeah, with two touchdowns. Like, exactly. Like right. this. And, and the fact they're going to keep Mahomes off the field, something that Houston could not do. That's true. Thank you, Bill O'Brien. Once again, the gift that keeps on giving. Um, and that was actually back from Mahomes. Uh, that was right when Mahomes came back from his uh, back injury, or back from his injury, rather. Um, and he, he threw up 446 yards passing in a losing effort. Yep. And as I recall, I think that game came right down to the wire when Tennessee scored a field goal with like 30 seconds left. But Tennessee were five and a half point dogs going into that game. Yep. Right. And we- I'll tell you this last week versus Houston, that defense allowed 31 points. What Deshaun Watson got 388 yards, two touchdowns and a 95.7 rating like that's a pretty damn good day at the office. If you're a quarterback, you know, it, it was Casey's offense that won them the game last week, their defense, they are going to have fits. I like you said the trenches, the O line for the Tennessee Titans is playing so great as a unit. And I even tweeted out during the game last week that quarterbacks and receivers, they're going to win you lots of games, but an o, a great O line and a great D line, they're going to win you big games. Right. Right. And, and, and they travel so well. They've won their last four straight on the road. And again, well, the their last four team. games have been on the road. Yep. Right. Including a must win in week 17. Now, I also prepared a little stack package for Derrick Henry because this is this is unbelievable what he's put together this year. First of all, um, he has more rushing yards after contact this season, 1,567, than any other player has total rush yards this year. That is mind blowing. Okay. Now, also, Derrick Henry is averaging 188 and a half rushing yards per game in the playoffs. That's the most in a single postseason in the Super Bowl era. He's the seventh rushing champ to advance to the conference championship game in the last 30 seasons. And out of the previous running backs that did it, there's a five and one record involved. He's also the first player in NFL history to rush for 180 plus yards in three straight games. And he's reached 20 miles per hour as a ball carrier six times this year. That's the second most in the NFL behind only Saquon Barkley. Jesus. And his top speed, 21.27 miles per hour. That's 3.36 miles per hour faster than expected for a back of his size. You don't game plan for that because only the best personnel can stop that. And I'm not saying Tennessee has lost this year, but if, or has, hasn't lost this year. But the way they've been playing and the way their offensive line and the way Henry runs, you've got to have the personnel. And KC does not have the personnel. And they're going to, and their KC's offense is going to see a much different uh, defense than they did last week. The Tennessee Titans, man, we got to start res- giving some respect to Mike Vrabel. Oh, absolutely. And that I was just going to say, I think honestly, I believe that, um, you know, if you simply look at the coaching matchup, it favors, uh, it favors Tennessee here. 
I agree. Andy well, Reid has played in six championship games and he's only won one of them. Yep. Um, and let's just let's just go back to the the lines here. First off, it's it's a, it's down to minus seven. Started at seven and a half. I, I actually I'm a, I'm a bit surprised. I thought I thought it would go a little bit higher. Um, well, when you and I were texting, you and I were texting during the yeah. uh, Niners game last week, and uh, we, we were, were thinking call. it'd be like nine, nine and a half KC yeah. for teaser protection, right? But this fifty three, um, I mean. We always talk about the recency effect, and everyone saw how many points they put up on Houston's defense. Um, but this is not going to be done through an aerial attack. This is going to be done done on the ground. And I think 53 is a pretty tall number for this. Um, I would expect Tennessee, I mean, if they're going to have a shot at winning here, they're going to have to have a time of possession margin of about 8 to 10 minutes. Yeah. Like 35 to 25, something something in that neighborhood. Yeah, they got to chew up the quarters. Yeah, for sure. And uh, because, you know, Kansas City is so explosive on offense, it can score from almost anywhere at any time. Um, so the best weapon against that is to make sure they're on the sidelines more often than not. Um, one of the interesting matchup here is actually in special teams. So the Titans punter, Brett Kern, made the Pro Bowl. He's the best in the league. And so did return specialist, uh, McCole Hardman for the Chiefs. <laughs> so we'll see who wins that battle. But I know this is, I, I got a feeling this is, the momentum of this game is going to be changed on a special teams play. And uh, I found it interesting last week that Andrew Reed, and this is where he shows his skittishness in the playoffs. He got kind of cold feet and decided to put Tyreek Hill back there. Yeah. But, you know, he hadn't Hardman, returned yeah. a kick in how long. And then of course, what happens when you're rusty? Yeah. He muffed it. Yeah. That yeah, was, that was that's uh, Andy Reid getting shaky and doing weird things, which he's he does, always he does. He does game preparation better than almost anyone short of Bill Belichick. For but sure. But his in-game decisions are always suspect. Um, and I think and he I, just I, lacks I, the personnel defensively to stop what Tennessee's going to run at them. I think this is going to be another game. Like if Tennessee wins this game, Ryan Tannehill will be under 100 yards as he has each of the other two postseason games. Yeah, exactly. This year. Yeah, because it'll be all Derrick Henry. Not, uh, I guess it's not that crazy when you consider it. But um, so, who are you picking, Maddie? Well, I have a money line Maddie conference championship special to lay down. Oh no! no I am don't. taking the Tennessee Titans to win again on the road, and Ryan Tannehill is going to the Super Bowl. Isn't that funny, too, that a guy like Adam Gase still has a job when he was convinced us all that Ryan Tannehill was no good, and now there was Kenyon Drake or Devontae Parker, and then those three guys go to different teams, and yeah. they light it up? Good luck yeah. next year, New York Jet fans. It's going to be another horrible another, year for you. Another Jet year. Yeah. Um, well, I'm also with you on the Titans. I What I would recommend, because we're recording this on a Thursday, I think that line from seven is going to bounce back up to seven and a half closer to game time. I think you're going to, this is the time of the year where the, the public moves the lines more so than the, the sharp or wise guys. And as it gets closer to game time, I think that there's going to be a lot of public money coming on Kansas city. And uh, if you can wait and you have the patience for it, I think you probably see seven and a half again. Um, I'm going to wait for that. But uh, if it comes down to what I'm still going to, still going to take Tennessee at, at plus seven. The 40, the 30, oh, no. the 20, the 10, huh? touchdown. Go! The four-yard run. We've got an upset in the making. No, we 
don't. Try being objective for once in your... Ooh, let's go, Homer. But you don't understand, Marge. I have 50 bucks riding on this game. Don't oh, forget big double Homer, interaction. you promise Sunday, me. Sure this isn't gambling, Marge. It's a lead pipe cinch. Well, the Minnesota Vikings been known to lose a game or two. Chicago's got the Bears, but Lord, who cares? Them fans are always feeling blue. And the fans of the Lions are always crying because the boys are always out of luck. And now, Andy, we go to the Bay Area where your San Francisco 49ers are taking on the Green Bay Packers. This is for the NFC Championship and uh, San Francisco, seven and a half point favorites. And uh, the Niners are hosting the NFC Championship for the first time since 2011. That was uh, versus the New York Giants. And that was also a loss. 20 to 17 in overtime, if I do recall. Thanks for reminding me. Hey, man, that means you're due. We're due, yeah. <laughs> Although uh, they have nine conference, your, your Niners have nine conference championship losses since 1970, with which is the most in the NFL. I actually didn't know that. That's surprising. Yeah. It is but. surprising because when I think of the Niners, I think of the Niners in my youth, right? Third and three. The right side, possibly. Montana. The dominant, you know, as yeah. soon as you're done with Joe Montana, you all of a sudden have Steve Young, and you guys just went on that huge run for a decade or whatever. I'm going to say that probably of those nine losses, probably three, or I know at least three, but probably four against the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. Those were some good battles back in the day. Which really fueled my hatred for them quite a bit. Yeah. Um, it's okay, no, this- buddy. No, I'm an NFC North guy, and I'll tell you this. Nobody likes the Cowboys. It's America's no. bandwagon. And everybody knows that the Packers suck. Yeah, they sure do. So this is the second week in a row where someone is facing off a team in the NFC North. Um, it's a championship game that's kind of old hat for Aaron Rodgers. But, it, you know, if you think about it, it certainly isn't for most of his teammates and even his coaching staff. You know, this is LaFleur's first season in there. Um, this is not... Not new territory for Kyle Shanahan, who went to the Super Bowl in a losing effort, as we remember, as the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons. But for all the players and most of his coaching staff, it is uh, uncharted territory. Now, it's funny because both of the games that we're going to see on Sunday, uh, these two teams have played each other uh, previously in the season. Um, the Green Bay went to San Francisco in Week 12 in a 37-8 to route for the 49ers. Uh, Rodgers completed 20 passes for only 102 yards. Aaron Jones ran for only 38 yards and 13 carries. And they held Devontae Adams, their top receiver, to 43 yards on seven completions. Yeah, I think Jimmy G, that that game, he went over 250 yards, didn't he? 253. Oh, there you go. Kittle went off for 129 on six catches. That's right. And uh, the, the total yardage for the game was 339 to 198 in favor of the 49ers. Um, even though that actually the Packers did have a 10-minute edge in the time of possession. Although I, the Packers I, haven't lost since then. No, but if you go back, we that was, for our loyal listeners, we'll know that uh, that was an almost wise guy sandwich game of the week for the Green Bay Packers. I think they had a divisional game one before and a divisional game after that. So it's it wasn't a surprise that it was a letdown spot for them. And I'm going to take those stats with a grain of salt. Um, San Francisco is probably going to keep pretty much the same game plan as they had in that game. 
Green Bay is going to have to go back to the drawing board, come up with something entirely different. Well, if you looked last week, Jimmy G, your boy, he looked like he belonged. He got out there on that first drive and took yeah. him right down the field. Yes, he and, did. You know, he's he's a lot like what they asked Tannehill to do. You know, you, you've got a great rushing game. Yep. So all you got to do is is make the passes. You don't have to be – not a lot of his passes are going to be chucked way down the field. You know, it, he, he's, he'll surgically take you down and using the rushing attack well, uh, using play action. Jimmy G and the Niners really looked like they belong last week. They were in – like, in, and not to mention the defense too. Uh, yeah. Six sacks and holding Delvin Cook to just 21 rush yards. That's uh, that's something to pat yourself. Yeah, actually, on the it was, back it was eighteen or eighteen rushing yards. Was it eighteen? Two yards per carry. I think it's going to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Dalvin Cook. So that's definitely a feat. Uh, the Niners need to come out again like that because Green Bay can they can rush. Well, what, I get so pissed off when I hear guys talk. Well, Jimmy G, we can't trust him. You know, he can, he'll throw a pick in the most inopportune time. The guy's twenty-one and five as a starter. I'll throw that record up against anyone in the league. And when you were saying that he doesn't, he's not going to be throwing the ball down the field a lot, I'm going to disagree with you. The Packers' defense is second in the league in most 40-plus-yard pass plays, and they get burned because their defensive coordinator, Mike Patton, likes to go into cover-one formations in which the cornerbacks are always in man coverage, and that's how they get those big chunk yardage plays. And I, I, can, I, can see, I can see the 49ers wide receivers having a big day, especially George Kittle. Um, <laughs> Green Bay is either going to have to pick, pick their battle. You're going to stop the run or you're going to stop the pass because they can't do both. They're just not that talented enough. They're not that fast enough. Oh, let's talk about the other Jimmy G. Well, and what I do other Pat, Jimmy G? Jimmy Graham. Oh, Jimmy Graham, yeah. Jimmy Graham. You know, he used to dominate the tight end position in New Orleans. He did. He only has 38 catches this season and for 447 yards. And he's, uh, he, gets, he gets key plays when, when they need him, especially if you saw the game last week, you'll have seen that. He's got three touchdowns on the season, but he's not the go-to guy like he used to be, even when he was playing in Seattle with Russell Wilson. Um, so they, they've really got one deep threat, and that is Devontae Adams. And right now, is, uh, a, there's a prop available that is over under on yardage will be 84 and a half for the day. And if Green Bay has any chance of staying in this game, they're going to have to get the ball downfield to that guy. Um, just and to, they, they just weren't able to do it last time they met, so they better they come up with some more creative pass plays because what did he get last time they met? Uh, 40, 40 46. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's and that's where I think the Packers have their strength versus the Niners. I know their offense looked great last week, but the Niners defense, uh, they're a phenomenal package. Mm. And uh, Richard Sherman himself versus Adams in coverage over his career. So he's had seven career games in which he's covered Adams. He's only tar been targeted six times, only allowed two catches for 20 yards, no touchdowns and one pick in those seven games. So wow. Richard Sherman can cover Adams. Also, both D Ford and Quan Alexander are in the lineup. And when yeah. they're in the lineup, the Niners defense has allowed 13.6 fewer points per game than their average. Yeah. And in fact, uh, if you throw in Jaquizzi Tart, uh, they're into that mix. They're averaging about 12 points a game on defense. 
yeah, allowed. They, I think the not. Niners are going to do it on defense by frustrating Aaron Rodgers. Taking get a lot of pressure on him. They're going to get a lot of pressure. Yeah. And another prop bet that I kind of like too is uh, Aaron Rodgers to go under 337 and a half passing yards. Um, yeah. The 49ers were number one in the league, actually by a pretty big margin against the pass this year. I think it was 137 yards per game, which is, or sorry, 167 yards per game, which is sick. If you think about it. Yeah. Um, now, again, let's go back to the lines here. Uh, it started at, actually it started at six and a half for a good millisecond and it bounced up to seven. And now it's at seven and a half. And uh, not only did that number go up, but so did the total. I think it started at 44 and a half. Now it's up to 46. And I don't think this is going to be a high scoring game. Um, you can bet on the first half at 22 and a half. And I like the under on that just as much as I do the total for the whole game. But again, much like the other game, I think as we get closer to the weekend, you're going to see a lot of Green Bay money come in from their super fans, the Cheeseheads. And I think that's going to drive this number back down to an even touchdown. So if you like the San Fran side, uh, be patient, wait it out. And if it comes down to the wire and you still can't get the seven, you know, pay the extra juice. It might ha- you might have to go in at minus 130, but it's certainly worth it. Um, I don't like the hook here, but I certainly would like the San Fran 49ers if anything at seven and under. Oh, I, I I'm with you. I love the Niners at uh, I'll take them at seven and a half as well. I, I think that they're going to win by at least 10 in this game. So I, I, and it, I know it might be a little bit of recency effect, but the Niners have been doing it to teams all year. Mm-hmm. And I think that consistency carries, especially when you got a rushing game and defense like that, you're at home. Uh, Green Bay won a won a pretty exciting game last week. I think this is a letdown spot for Green Bay here. I'm uh, I'm with you. Let's uh, let's see your Niners go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, baby. Everybody knows that the Packers suck. Please hang up and try again. And we have Maddie and Andy's total tease. And this is a segment where uh, we both give you a total that we like and we give you a teaser. So, uh, well, Andy, let's start off with your teaser. What's your teaser this week? My teaser will fall both on the totals and I'm going to take them both to go under. So that would move the total in the KC game up to 59 and the one in San Francisco up to 52. And I think both those games can stay under that number pretty easily. And I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans from minus 7 to minus 14 on a 7-point tease. And uh, that'll also take San Francisco down to half a point. Oh, 7-point um, teaser. Okay, I got you. Yeah, you bet. Now, what do you uh, what do you like for a total? Well, I alluded to it earlier. I, now, I, I did I did research the stats on scoring by quarter, and in fact, both San Fran and Green Bay rank in the top third in the league. But I think this game's going to get off to a slow start. We're going to feel each other out, probably with the running game first. And I think the total on that, they're going to keep it under 22 and a half. Uh, for myself, I'm going to uh, take the Tennessee-KC game. Uh, that over-under 53, I think, is high. I think I agree with you, as you alluded to earlier in the podcast, so that's a little inflated from uh, Casey's last offensive 
uh, game in which in one quarter they scored four touchdowns. I don't think the Tennessee Titans are going to allow that kind of game to take place, not with their rushing game and the way their defense will be able to. They may bend, but they'll try not to break. That eats up a lot of clock. So I'm going and under I, 53 for Tennessee. And, and I think that number is only going to go in one direction as the week goes on. Um, so if you want to, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this thing gets up to 54 and a half, even 55 by the time uh, kickoff happens. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Well, thank you for listening to the championship round weekend edition of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all playoff games across the NFL. From the Costa Nostra studios for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in two weeks from now at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Good night, everyone. I love you guys. Try to be best because you're only a man and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe though the going gets rough that you got a hand tough to make it. History repeats itself. Try and you succeed. Never doubt that you're the one and you can have your dream. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down You're the best around And nothing's gonna ever keep you down You're the best around Nothing's gonna ever keep you down Fight with the end Cause your life will depend On the strength that you have inside you I gotta be proud Standing out in the crowd With the odds in the game by you Try your best